This is the Sleeper Hold Podcast. Welcome to the Sleeper Hole Podcast, where there's no disqualification on the topics and falls count anywhere. I am your host, Priest, and today we have a little bit of a special episode as we have a guest today. He is known as the president of Penfall Wrestling Association currently. He is the one, Antoine Archie. How are you doing today, Antoine? I'm good. How are you, Ben? So before we get too deep into the things that are really what we're wanting to talk about, let's first talk about this past Sunday with it being Money in the Bank. Did you get a chance to watch that, Antoine? Oh, absolutely. I don't miss a pay-per-view for that. Now, I have to say this is probably one of the better Money in the Banks that we've seen in a long time. And I just want to talk about a few of the matches. First of all, that four-way tag team match was incredible. I honestly felt that in zone cast were going to get it. I was room for them. But, you know, since they didn't get it in New way they did, I can say I'm pretty happy with that. If anybody else was going to win it and have me be happy, it definitely would be with the New Day. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I was, myself, was rooting for New Day. And I'm glad they were able to pull off the victory there. You know, and I have to give the New, the new Day props. I mean, it's pretty awesome. They are getting close to record-setting numbers of their title reign as the tag team champions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it does help you have three members of the tag team instead of two, but most of the time it is Big E and Kofi doing the majority of the ring work. Yeah, it seems more often than not that, you know, Kofi and Big E are the ones in the ring, while Xavier Woods is more like the Jimmy Hart of the group, if you will. Right, right. Now, another match I want to talk about, of course, is the women's tag team match with Becky and Natty going up against Dana Brooke and Charlotte. And, you know, of course, I got to go for my girls, Natty and Becky, but unfortunately they did not win. But then we got to see something that was really unexpected with Natty kind of exploding at the end and taking it out on Becky. And I know a lot of people are going to be asking me stuff like, how can you still support Natty after what she did? How, how can you still be a fan of Natty's priest? Well, you know what? I've always been a fan of Natty, even when she was healed to begin with, back with Beth Phoenix and all that stuff. I thought she well, was a great I mean, heel back I, then. I and you know what? She I mean, was just frustrated. She, she was fed up. I, I don't blame her. She was she fed up with all of this happening. She can't beat her in a tag team. She just can't do it. I mean, she's going to have to find a new direction. And hopefully, maybe for Natalia, that's the direction she needs to go. Okay, I'll agree that, you know, Natty has been a great heel. Like I said, she did great when she was back with Beth Phoenix. But as for this whole thing with Charlotte actually always winning, I'm sorry, but Charlotte has never had a true legitimate win against Natty. Whoa, 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 whoa. What, are you, what are you talking about, Priest? Legitimate win? She's She's had plenty of them. Look down the list. Oh, come on, Antoine. You know this just as well as I do. She cannot handle doing anything on her own. She's always had to have somebody by her side ever since she's gotten into the main roster. Whether it's her daddy to help get her out of trouble, or back when she was with PCB, she was always working with them and making sure that they help keep her safe. Or even now, she has Dana Brooke. This girl cannot do anything on her own like a big girl can. That That, that is true. Now, I'm going to have to turn the page around here, Ben, I'm, or Benjamin. I'm going to have to ask you, who do you think is the better wrestling family, Flair or Hart? Oh, come on now. You should know by now I'm going to say the Hart's all the way. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, buddy. I, I may have to disagree with you on this one. Look, you and I both know that we could sit here all day going back and forth between the Hearts and the Flares, but there's still so many other great matches that happen at Money in the Bank, including the match that the whole show is named after the money in the bank match with the ladders and all the people going at it i mean it seemed really oh, awesome and especially dangerous especially when they made like the two bridges with the ladders over top of the main center one 
yeah, yeah. Whenever you get a lot of ladders involved in a match, it's not going to be good. You know, and of course, my guy, Dean Ambrose, did win the Money in the Bank. But, you know, we'll get to that here in a little bit more. But let's also talk about another match that, honestly, in my opinion, pretty much stole the show. It was an incredible match, and that's John Cena versus AJ Styles. These two veterans gave us a great match, and honestly, it was incredible throughout the whole entire thing. I, you know, like I told people before, I am a bit of a Cena fan because I have a lot of respect for the guy. But I really wanted to see Styles win it, and even though it went kind of controversial, uh, he won it. And I'm really glad that he did. Oh, yeah, that was definitely, definitely a WrestleMania or SummerSlam-type main event match by far. It definitely was Match of the Year's Slammy award-winning material. Well, you know they'll be having another match here soon, so we can't wait to see the second one. Oh, yeah, with how much hype and everything else they got for that, I I can't see them just making this be a one-time deal. They're definitely going to make this keep going, and at least for a little while here. These two have so much to give, and they they work so well together. It'd be ridiculous to have it be only a one-time thing. Uh, but you know, one more thing is like the last match, the the main main event. You know, Dean Ambrose was the Money in the Bank winner, but then we had Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns, which you know I really didn't care either way how it ended because I knew it was going to be great no matter how it ended. I kind of like both guys, but even cooler for me was even though Seth Rollins won, Dean Ambrose came out, blasted Seth Rollins with a briefcase, cashed it in, and now Dean Ambrose is our heavyweight yeah. champion. Yeah, unfortunately for me, I'm a big Seth Rollins fan, so but it does lead up to a triple threat I'm seeing in the very near future, knowing Roman still gets a number one, you know, gets a title shot, and so does obviously Seth Rollins. You know, he held it for a few seconds, but he should get a title shot. You know, and that's something that I look forward to is go ahead and use that rematch clause and let's have an incredible match for that title. I mean, not, I like the fact that Dean Ambrose is in charge, personally. I think it's a great thing for the story. But we've gotten done with the pay-per-view stuff now. Let's go ahead and change our direction, because, boys and girls, it's time to get down to the topic at hand, and that is to find out who exactly is Antoine Archie. All right, people in Springfield, Illinois, listen up. And also for all of you who decide to come and visit Springfield, Illinois, If you're ever hungry, you want something that's quick and delicious and not just one of your typical run-of-the-mill burger joints like McDonald's and all that, go ahead and check out this place called P&P's Little Grill. If you want to try to find it, the best way you can is just remember to go on the corner of Sangamon and Peoria Road, look for the Thornton's Gas Station, and it'll be right next to this little white building it's called PMP's Little Grill, or Lil Grill, rather. And let me tell you, I've had so many different things from there just trying out for their food. It's all good. But if you ask me what my favorite is, their burgers are great. Especially the one I just had recently. It was a nice Chuck burger. It had hash brown and egg on it. It was incredible. And, of course, the melted cheese. you got to have cheese on it. I don't care who you are. Cheese is always the best. And then, of course, like I said, they got good fries. They have a little Phillies. Those Phillies are great with that place. So if you're ever ready to go to a wrestling show in Springfield or you're just living around the area and you want something good to eat, go to PMP's Little Grill. And check this out. Make sure you're paying attention to this. This is the important part. You go there, and you tell them that Priest from the Sleeper Hole podcast sent you, and you're going to get 10% off your order. You heard me right. You just mentioned my name, Priest, and the Sleeper Hole podcast, and you're going to get 10% off your order. Again, PMP's Little Grill off the corner of Sangamon and Peoria Road, right next to Thornton's, right across the street from... Walgreens, check them out. It is going to be worth it, I promise you, and you will be thanking me. If you're not thanking me, your stomach and your tongue will. I can promise that. Okay, so Antoine, let's get straight down to it. What really was it that got you drawn into the wrestling world to begin with? Uh, Well, it actually all began just, um, you know, I was 
I was pretty young watching wrestling, kind of flipping through the channels type deal uh, between WWE, WCW back then. WWE really got to me because of the characters. You know, I liked, you know, you had the Hogan, the Warrior, you know, the Big Boss Man, which was one of my favorites back in that day. You know, the characters, they, they had, you know, to me, and then on the Hill side, you had Demolition, you know, the Barbarian, Warlord. I, I really enjoyed the characters and just kind of got me hooked till then. Okay, well, I know that Kane eventually became one of your all-time favorites, but... Back then, who really drew you to wrestling? Was there a particular wrestler that really made it where you were hooked? Oh, my God, it's The Undertaker. I mean, he is my favorite wrestler. I mean, without Undertaker, there is no Kane, obviously. But uh, just like I said, Undertaker obviously played a huge character, probably the best character in WWE history. And uh, with him and Paul Barra, it, it was that's a no-brainer for me. But what was it about The Undertaker? I mean, was it his his gimmick, his character? Was it the athletic ability or his, like, moves? What really drew you with The Undertaker, do you think? Or was it a little bit of both? Um, I would say probably more the character. I mean, through the years, I think The Undertaker's wrestling ability got, you know, pretty good as well. Um, but, yeah, I would say probably more the character. I like the dark characters. Um, obviously with liking Kane as well. So, yeah, I mean, Undertaker and Kane aren't known for their great wrestling ability, maybe compared to a Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart. But, you know, for me, you know, they're they're definitely the ones I've always looked at. Well, yeah, and you got to think about it. With Kane and Undertaker both having such great veteran status, I mean, they've been, you know, a lot of respect from the entire locker room and team. Uh, I mean, Everybody looks for that approval from Undertaker, and it's pretty much gotten that same way now with even Kane. Uh, one of my favorite things I like to watch is uh, Swerved off of the WWE Network, and there was one time where Paige had a cattle prod they gave her, and she was going around and shocking people, and she even you know, one time asked Kane if she could shock him, and he told her no, and she said something about how he's the only person that she was not going to shock without permission. Like, she was kind of intimidated and too respectful of him. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kane and Undertaker, they both, they get a lot of respect from the WWE locker room. I mean, you know, look at, and you know, longevity. You don't get that too much in this industry. And the Undertaker and Kane have, you know, both have very longevity. You know. So for right now, let's talk about the wrestler side of things. I mean, we'll get to the behind-the-scenes stuff later on, but you used to wrestle. I know this. And my question is, where did you get started? How did you get started? What really got you to that point of being inside that squared circle? I uh, started with uh, 3CW. Um, but before then, even, you know, as uh, a young kid, you always have, you know, the backyard type fed you know that you do and myself i you know i went through that phase that i started a backyard fed and you know ours was a little different it wasn't actually in a backyard we were actually in a house so i had a friend of mine who uh you know didn't mind his house being destroyed so that's what we started and then from there um actually before 3cw i did a little uh little training at uh mwa midwest wrestling alliance um, uh, obviously later, later on known as new Midwest wrestling, um, before actually starting, uh, help starting 3CW. When I first met you, you were going by the name of Candy Deluxe. Is that where it all started or were you going by something else first? Yes, I did. I actually did. Even, uh, even in the backyard wrestling days, I had the name of Candy Deluxe. That's, that's where it all started. So for those who don't know or didn't get to see it, why don't you give a little bit of explanation of who Candy Deluxe is, you know, who the character is. Yeah, yeah. It was basically, it was coming off as a, uh exotic dancer, uh, you know, stripper that never stripped, you know, kind of thing, uh, kind of thing, you know, trying to, you know, get the ladies' attention with the dancing moves and, you know, the body type deal. So, you know, kind of. You know, like I just said earlier, character. That's kind of what Candy Deluxe was. It was a character. Now, it wasn't always Candy Deluxe. I remember one time when you started to go more towards the darker side, you became Candy Kane. 
wearing like the Jason mask and looking all dark and brooding and your tire was even darker. What what was that all about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was uh like I said I like I like dark characters, uh kind of a, you know, a thing from the Undertaker, a thing from Kane. Um, you know, so it was something I've always wanted to do and never got the opportunity to do. So, um, you know, that's kind of where I came up with the candy cane, keeping the candy character, you know, with the name candy, then kind of changing it around. Of course, you know, candy cane is also, you know, a very popular, popular treat during the holiday season. (laughs) You know, and I will admit that candy deluxe was probably one of my favorite characters that I got to see from the local area. And honestly, with the whole dark birdie, I mean, even your attire was darker, you seemed darker, more malicious. And I really feel like you pulled it off well. You did a great job with it. Yes, thanks, thanks. Oh, yeah, I I definitely enjoyed it. You know, um, a lot of people said, well, it's not you, but really it was me. You know, it's, you know, it's like what I felt, what I've always wanted to do, you know, um, doing that kind of character. I also like playing the role that I did as Candy, Candy Deluxe. But uh, the role is Candy Cane, and um, I don't know if you knew about this one, but Lucian Venom, another role I played, which was kind of you know similar to Candy Cane, the dark, the dark character. Honestly, I can't say that I remember Lucian Venom. Yeah. I'll have to see if I can find some records or anything about that and look up some old archive videos. Uh, one thing though, with each character, was there ever any harboring? emotions or feelings that kind of really push for those characters to be created or to come out? Was there ever like harboring anger or frustrations that brought Candy Deluxe into Candy Cane or anything of that sort? Um, you know, I don't know if there really was. Um, I do know, you know, back in the, uh, after the three CW days, uh, kind of the UVW days, as you know very well, uh, the pop star Candy Deluxe. That was definitely probably one of my favorite runs. Um, it wasn't my longest run, but it was definitely one of the most popular run, favorite runs of mine that I've had. You know, I was kind of you know the heel, one of the major heels of the company, but didn't have the main role of the company. Didn't you know I wasn't the Seth Rollins leading the company, but I did play a major role in uh, being a heel, and I really enjoyed going out there pretending I can sing. And at the time, uh, when I was doing the pop star Candy Lux, American Idol was huge. That that was uh, during the time of American Idol was huge. Obviously, you know where it is now. But but, but that's kind of... Well, because they didn't have you on the show. Well, exactly. Well, I was a Japanese idol. I was over J- Japan doing it. So, But that's, that's where that all came from, American Idol. Uh, you know, help me start the pop star candy bars. Okay, but going back to one of my earlier questions, where exactly did you start your training? Because I remember watching you when I first got into 3CW, and I remember that I would see you, even after your training, were able to make incredible flip bumps where you get so much air, so much height, going pretty much from corner to corner. Well, that's, uh, that's how much air I used to get. I, I don't get too much air anymore. <laughs> but but uh, training, I uh, did that in 3CW. I uh, did a little bit of training on my own type deal as well. You know, you know some of that stuff you really just, as, uh, what's his name, um, Enzo would say, you can't teach that, you know, type deal. Some of those things you just can't teach. And, you know, when I was doing those kind of moves back in, Back in the day there, you know, I was kind of doing it on my own, experiencing it on my own. But, you know, yeah, but most of my uh, training was uh, done at first at uh, 3C. Well, nowadays people know that you're more so running, like I said, president of PWA, effectively. And you're not really in the ring as much as you used to be. I mean, pretty much, for lack of a better phrase, the boots are being hung up. Do you ever miss it? Um. You know what? In a way, I do, but in a way, I don't miss it enough to go back full time. I really don't. I mean, yeah, I love the business. I'm obviously a hundred percent in the business. Uh, but 
you know, far as the wrestling part, I don't really, you know, I don't have the ambition to go back into the ring. You know, I have several people ask me, are you going back? Usually, you know, when a wrestler retires, they come back. For me, I technically never retired. I just had a last match. Didn't know it was my last match at the time, but just told myself, you know what, I think it's time that I just focus on the business side. And that's what I did. I kind of just stepped away from the ring without, you know, having a storybook ending, uh, without saying this is it, without a retirement match. I just kind of had a match and never seen in the ring again, of course, until the Battle Royal, you know. And I did enjoy doing that. But as far as going back to the ring, no, there's probably not a chance I would go back to the ring full time. You know, but in all retrospect, you kind of kind of respect that whole thing because, I mean, that pretty much says right there that even though you didn't plan for it to be your last match and everything else, you still did kind of get to leave on your own terms. I mean, yeah, you didn't get to say, oh, well, I'm retiring this because of health or this or that, so I'm planning this out ahead of time. But, you know, you're like, you know what? I think it's time to just hang it up. And and that's where I mean by your own terms. And I think that's kind of a good thing because you don't get to see that often. Usually health is the main reason why you have to hang up the boots. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I, I know there's guys out there that are still going and, you know, not just in the indie scene or just, you know, in the professional scene. You know, you see a lot of guys are just, you know, just won't give it up. And, you know, if, that's their thing. That's their thing. But for me, it was, you know, it was time. It was time to focus more on the business side. And I've always wanted to more, more focus on the business side. I've, you know, I've been an owner of a wrestling organization pretty much since I've been doing this. So I never really had a chance to focus on the character as much as I had to focus on the company in a whole. So, but the, to me, that was the most important thing is the company. You know, and that's one thing I can say about the business with what you guys have done with PWA. You guys have gone above and beyond. You've done amazing things, and everything's great. And now with you being president of PWA and so much has happened since Spectacle, it, I can only imagine what's to come and how much more exciting and interesting things are going to be here in the near future. Oh, yeah, you'll definitely have to be there, and all your fans will have to come because it, it, it is going to be quite interesting you know what's in store for pwa when we get back in uh, the fall well and right there on that note guys right after this break we're going to talk a little bit more with mr antoine archie and talk more on the business side of who exactly is antoine archie all right guys listen up if you are in the 217 area and you want to have the inside scoop on local artists, professionals, or anything else great going on in the Springfield, Illinois area, do I have a podcast for you. My buddy, Jeremy Bailey, with Lincoln Legends, is the place to go. He is always getting the inside scoop, has a lot of great information, and it's always entertaining to check out his stuff. He even does video blogs as well as the podcast this guy, he is incredible with what he does, and it's, like I said, it's always entertaining. I look forward to watching this stuff myself and listening in. But let me also say this. If you are a person who does have a profession or has a passion or a pulse that you want to make heard throughout the central Illinois area, definitely get a hold of Lincoln Legends. They would love to hear from you, and they would love to showcase you and help you build your business and make yourself grow. Again, my buddy Jeremy Bailey helps run this thing. He is an incredible guy. Hats off to him. You would not go wrong talking to this guy and checking out his stuff. Again, that's Lincoln Legends. Google it. Check it on Facebook. Watch a little bit of it. Listen in. You won't be disappointed. So kind of like what was talked about before, you've been in various feds and you've actually owned a few different feds. So looking back and comparing to now, how do you feel the business side of everything is compared to, you know, back in the three CW days to what you have now with PWA? Oh, wow. I mean, it's a total 360. 
back, you know, back in the three CW days, there was no, you know, most of your guys who worked for you just worked for your organization. Um, we didn't have a, a lot of guys working other organizations. Um, you know, there was a tight niche group, which there is now today, um, but it was real tight back then. Uh, and just the indie scene for this area, you know, was kind of starting off. New Midwest was just starting uh, 3CW. Uh, we just started right at, you know, a few years later after them. So the, you know, the indie scene, you know, it was uh, just starting off, uh, but it was pretty hot. I mean, the rivalry between the two feds was uh, very interesting, to say the least. I would definitely say that. So one thing I have to ask you is, I remember hearing that back then it was very ruthless competition to the point where even, you know, one thing I heard was that you guys actually had people from New Midwest come to your venue and stand outside the door to try to drive away um, customers and redirect them to their show instead to basically steal the tickets. It was, it was a, uh, it was some competition. There was some competition, um, you know, whether it be, you know, what you just said or something else, but there, there was a lot of competition. I will say that. Um, you know, kind of like the Monday Night Wars, the WCW against WWE type deal. You kind of had that with uh, the two organizations back then. Um, you know, they weren't big fans of each other. Um, and there was a lot of competition. But you did have the, you know, the diehard new Midwest fans and you had the diehard 3CW fans. So, you know, at that time, the fans who went to those, you know, to the shows or the organizations they liked, they were pretty much behind those organizations, no matter what, no matter, you know, if somebody tried to lure them to do something, to go to their other uh, show or not. Uh, you know, they were pretty diehard fans back then. All right, I'm going to give you a word. I want you to explain what your thoughts are on it for back then and now. And it's a word I absolutely hate hearing, almost as much as I hate hearing the term squash match, and that's Cut. cutthroat. Um. Uh, Back then, there was a little more cutthroat, I would say. There was. Um, far as, you know, because you did have the different competition going at it. Uh, now, there's a little, there's, it's still out there. Um, but I would say it's not so much organizations as it is maybe, um, you know, individuals. Um, Independent wrestling's changed over the years because now, you know, a lot of independent workers are really out there to, uh, you know, promote themselves, get themselves over, which is nothing wrong with that. Um, but you don't have the, the solid locker rooms in, you know, an organization like you did back then. You, you know, a lot of workers wrestled at different organizations that they uh, uh Back then, they might have not done. Uh, so now today, you may see one wrestler, and you may see him one one uh, company's card. Well, guess what? You're going to see him on another company's card and another company's card. So it's it's definitely different. So would you say that for the talent, the networking and getting themselves out there to other companies is very different than it used to be? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, very few stay at a one-set company, one-set venue. Most of them, you know, they definitely go out and, you know, they, they do whatever's best for them, you know, to get themselves uh, over or to the top and be seen. And, and really, in independent wrestling, that's what you have to do. If I was a worker myself and not in a particular company, I would probably look for a lot of bookings, you know, all over so you can get your name out. Um, so... Yeah. Now, after 3CW came our company that we had for a while, which was Ultimate Velocity Wrestling, or UVW. And it was one of those things that I remember because I remember always loving storyline and creativity and stuff like that. That was my real passion when it came to it. And I remember that I felt comfortable talking to you about a lot of things back in 3CW when I was being trained. And you came up to me one time and said something about how you were thinking about starting up a different fed and that you wanted to make things different than what's going on here. And as if I wanted to join in and help you with like creative control and working on the storylines and whatnot. 
And that's pretty much how UVW started. And we had our ups and downs. I mean, we had times where, depending on, you know, who we had helping us run things with our team, our collective team of different people with different talents, it was sometimes a stressful time. It was other times it was great. But, you know, the great part that I always remember is that, you know, within a year, we were easily turning a profit. We were actually ahead of what we were needing to pay up. Oh, yeah. I remember the uh, UVW days pretty well. Uh, yeah, we were turning a profit. Uh, you know, it was a uh, few, uh, well, less than a year, probably less than I left 3CW. And, uh, yeah, UVW was turning. You know, it was getting people's attention. Um, we ran in the uh, Nelson Center there for a while. That was kind of like our, our home base. So, but yeah, those were those were some good years. Yeah, I mean, I do remember yeah, that. The Nelson Center was our main place, and then we also did have the place in Sherman. Sherman. And exactly, that's the place. And it was where we had our first exile match, and, you know, that was one of my creations and my babies. But it's also kind of funny, because back then, there was the one flaw in the whole thing is wrestling for the local area was at its peak. It really kind of was. I mean... Everywhere you turned around, there was a Fed, and there was a lot of fans who were interested at the time. You know, there was a Fed in Decatur. There was a Fed in Bloomington, Normal, I believe. I think there was one or two in Peoria. There was, of course, the three of us in Springfield, 3CW, New Midwest, and UVW. So, I mean, it, it was like you really had to fight for your attention you had to fight for your tickets you had to make sure you really hustled out there to get those tickets out there and get the fans sure oh yeah oh yeah but yeah you're right there was a lot of companies all around you know every corner you turn there was a company you know um around the around the corner but uh you know gaw was indicator i believe um peoria and uh, ngw at the time um you know, ourselves, kind of in the Springfield-Sherman area. So, I mean, of course, 3CW New Midwest as well. So, yeah, you're definitely right. There was a lot of a lot of competition. So, you know, you really had to uh, work your way to get the fans to come see you. You know, and the one thing that I was really proud of with us is back then, New Midwest was kind of seen as a top dog. I don't know if you realize this or not, but since we were doing, like, pretty much bi-weekly shows – we ended up kind of becoming where for a couple months we were higher ranked than New Midwest. We were making more money than them, more profits, and having higher attendance records. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we were for a little while there, and um, it, it was you know great success, and and we you know we really had to build a fan base at VW. Uh, I mean, it, and then and keeping the fan base too. See, I think the trickiest part for us is that we wanted to branch away from 3CW's, you know, hardcore extreme type thing right. and doing hardcore all the time. But we also didn't want to keep it very mild, very PG. We wanted to find that happy middle ground, if you can. And we, we definitely had some workers that were a little more than PG there, buddy. <laughs> I also want to share that this is probably the one time that I've ever seen you show your angry side you know for a lot of people who know mr archie here he always seems pretty laid back able to laugh always able to be pretty calm and collected but there was one time and it was you know back near the fall you know because we started having a lot of too many chiefs not enough indians and that really was you know what kind of caused to fall and when it first fell, I had a lot of resentment and anger and everything else towards a lot of people and a lot of things, especially when people keep poking the bear, if you will. It really kind of made it boil up to where I had a lot of bitterness. Um, looking back now and seeing the fact that, yeah, we did have too many chiefs, not enough Indians, and too many people trying to take it in too many directions without having it really stay tight-knit like it should have been and like we originally intended – you know, it was definitely for the best that we did have the doors shut before it did implode to the public eye. But going back to the story, it was right. funny because one of those people who was trying to be too many chiefs, not enough Indians, 
really got on your nerves. And I remember you actually raising your voice and basically telling them to sit down and shut up. And it was the first time I ever saw you pretty much snap. And it was just, I mean, it's still one of the funniest moments because just I've known you for a while here. And it's still one of those things that it's hard to believe that you can get that way. But there it was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you you did see that situation. Um, But, um. But yeah, it, it it does happen, believe it or not, Ben. So moving after UVW came, you know, it was about, I want to say about a year or so after. But I remember you coming to me and talking about how you were thinking about starting up a new Fed with Pinfall Wrestling Association. And, you know, you wanted to know if I would be interested in everything else. And I remember, you know, talking a little bit to you about it and thinking about it. But tell me a really how it all came to be for this successful company you have now and and what all entailed for all the parties involved. Oh, yeah. I mean, it. first we had to know if this is something we wanted to do. And, um, you know, once we figured that out, which took, you know, quite a while, um, you know, going into the whole situation, finding workers, uh, finding a venue, um, you know, getting all the business part situated yeah it definitely took a while and then even after the first show you know which was not our most successful show ever but um you know uh we got it off the ground um there were some workers there that you know don't work for us anymore uh, but you know it is what it is and uh we got we got uh pwa off the ground uh back in may of 2011 uh we presented the Grand Wrestling Spectacle, which we just had our sixth Grand Wrestling Spectacle uh, this past May. So, you know, we went through a lot, but, you know, I wouldn't change any of it, um, you know, to be where we're at now. So, You know, one thing I have to really tip my hat to you guys about that I've seen from talking to you guys on the inside is you have your guys who are all have a specific test or a specific focus you know somebody's in charge of a trainer somebody's in charge of storyline somebody's in charge of finance in charge of sound and audio and all that stuff you really have everybody with their set task but even better is you have other people who are still in charge of one key area but they have some training some understanding of other fields so in case that one person isn't there you do have somebody who can be a proper backup to make sure that things still function smoothly. Right, right. I mean, it's a well-oiled machine. Um, you know, like you said, everybody has different responsibilities, and, uh, you know, that's the way it should be, you know, making sure nobody else steps on each other's toes. And um, But, yeah, it, it definitely works out that way. And the people who are in charge of, you know, a certain thing, they're really good at what they're doing. So, um, you know, I wouldn't just have us certain person train the wrestlers if they don't know how or some person run the sound but they you know only used the tape recorder before so you know whoever's doing right they you know have to have their know-how experience and um you know just making sure they're good at what they do and i definitely have to say this team of pw and pwa they're definitely good at what they do and i appreciate every single one of them you know, one thing I need to definitely shout out to with one of your cast crew member, however you want to phrase them, is a guy who I don't know how he wants me to address him on here or if he wants me to mention his name, so I won't. But he's a guy who I've seen that's in the back and has, not only tells people what the card's going to be like, but he sits there and, you know, goes over it with everybody and then he makes sure that they keep fresh with it and that they keep knowledge and going, okay, it's your turn coming up next. Be ready. You know, it's not one of those they go in, they tell at one time and then they hope for the best that people will pay attention. He makes sure that everybody is on the ball. And if there is any problems, he's right there to take care of it. He he does a great job of delegating and keeping track of all of that. Oh yeah. I mean, he, yeah, definitely. He, he is definitely good at what he does. Um, you know, making sure everybody knows their, knows their role, knows their cue. Um, yeah, it's amazing. And it, and it makes, it really makes it look like a really good production, you know, um, which it is. Um, but, you know, we're not going out there. We're not clustered. We're not, you know, not knowing what's next, not knowing, you know, what we're supposed to be doing. Um, 
you know, everything's pretty well organized and, you know, in good shape. So. Okay, so I have another word for you that I wanted to go ahead and use and see how you sure. feel about it with today's generation, today's wrestling companies and everything else, and that's territories. Do you feel that the times of now are very different than the times of the past where it's more like territories and people know who's got what territory to manage and delegate, and that way people don't step on each other's toes or try to take over? Um. Yes, um, I think a lot of it, you know, like ourselves, we have Springfield, um, you know, then there's a, organizations in a couple other different towns. Um, I would say it is pretty territory. Um, now, does that mean another Fed couldn't try to come to another territory? I wouldn't put it past anybody, but, you know, it could happen. Um, but it is a kind of a respect thing as a promoter. Um, you know, not to step on another person's territory, but like you said, I mean, it happens. Uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, us at PWA, I can't speak for everybody else, but, you know, we have been, you know, we have tried to make it where we're more local and then also the surrounding areas as well. You know, we We've done, obviously, more than just Springfield. We've hit Beardstown. We're home-based in Auburn, Illinois. Um, you know, we've done shows in Jacksonville. So, you know, we've done more just, than just Springfield. So we, we do tend to hit other towns. Um, but, but from, you know, it's been good so far. So definitely. Well, kind of what I mean is, like, you know, it's good that you guys are expanding because I think that any company who does get big enough, they're going to expand. And that's the, the dream goal because you want to get your name out there as much as possible. But, you know, for example, there's a Fed in Kincaid. There's a Fed in Lincoln. Those are close by. You guys aren't going to go and invade those areas. Just like those people know that really Springfield has been your home location for quite some time. So they're not going to try to turn around and invade Springfield or try to make their territory in Springfield as well because they know that you have it established. Like I said uh, earlier, you know, you have a lot of the independent workers now who are, you know, working at multiple feds. Um, you know, they may, you may see them on one of our cards, but they're also going to, uh, you know, another promotions cards. And, and it's just, you know, they're really trying to get themselves out there. And that's fine. And, you know, that's, that's fine. We understand that. Um, you didn't have that so much back in the day because, you know, you were pretty much with the company you were with and, you know, wherever that company went, you went. But um, like I said, it's a little different, you know, but uh, for a worker to get themselves out, they, that's what they have to do. They have to, you know, see well, see what else is out there. Um, we've even had workers uh, travel, uh, you know, to another, uh, another state, not even near the Illinois area. And, um, so, I mean, I've seen you bring girls from yeah. another state to be part yeah, of your roster Tennessee, and yeah. they did so, a phenomenal job. Absolutely. I believe they're from Tennessee. You know, one of my favorite examples that I got to experience with you guys was with Nia Jax. I mean, she was actually part of your guys' show one time. I remember, you know, watching it and writing about it and everything else. And then shortly after, next thing I know, she's on NXT. Right, right. She's with the WWE, and it's like, well, that's really kind of awesome. I got to meet her and see her in action before she went to the the big guys. And I, I'm sure that, you know, even though you guys can't brag and say that, you know, you're because of that, you know, that you caused her to get there. It, it's got to be a nice little feather in the cap to say, hey, she was at our show, and she wrestled for us before she went to NXT. Right. Oh, yeah. It, it's a, that was a great moment to, you know, see something like that. It's um, and then also, you know, we do a lot of, we have a lot of um, trainees that came in. So to see one of them, you know, make it to the big leagues would be an incredible accomplishment. Okay, so I, you, like me, have been around to see back in the 3CW days to now. And, you know, back then with 3CW or even UVW, our main form of social media was MySpace. And if anybody who knows what that is, yeah, I'm sorry if you feel old right now. 
But the main thing is, you know, it's really blown up to where now you have Facebook, you have Twitter, you have Instagram, you have the YouTube channel that you can put videos on. You have so many different social media avenues. Do you guys really feel that that's made a huge impact and a huge difference for your business? Uh, social media, um, to me, it, it really does help a company. but. Um, you know, it kind of can also, to me, hurt a company. You know, back back then when there was not so much social media, like you said, MySpace, and even before uh, MySpace was out, you know, you really had to get the word of mouth out um, and without social media. You know, you didn't have Facebook or YouTube or anything like that uh, back in the 3CW New Midwest days. So it was a lot of... Uh, really working to get the crowd, um, you know, in there and, you know, keeping them in there too. You know, it was a lot of uh, word of mouth, flyering, um, you know, maybe once in a while, if you could afford, you can do a commercial. Uh, and that's kind of why I say, you know, today social media has made it a little, it made it easier, but it made it sometimes a little too easy. You know, instead of out going out and actually putting the flyer out and actually talking to people face-to-face about it, you, you, you get lazy, you just post something on Facebook, and yeah, it does hit, you know, quite a few more people, but you don't have that same interaction that you do face-to-face, you know, really bringing in the fan. Um, so. Right, right, and, you know, with the social media, you really don't have that same personal connection like we did back then. Yeah, you may uh, network with more people, which is good. Don't get me wrong. It's still good. Um, But it's not, you know, not kind of the same it used to be. But, um, but yeah, but, yeah, we have no choice. Social media, you have to hit it hard. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, um, whatever else is out there, you definitely have to hit it hard on social media. Okay, so I'm going to ask you something I know probably a few people have wanted to ask before, and that's... You know, sponsorship. You guys have had sponsors. How has that worked for you guys? How has it been effective, beneficial, or has it been a strain? What's the take on all that? Um, sponsors have been a challenge, uh, especially at the beginning. Um, I think now, I mean, it's obviously still a challenge. We have some sponsors. We had some sponsors that have come and gone. Uh, just part of the business. Um but yeah, sponsoring has been a bit a bit of a challenge. Um, if you can get a sponsor and hold on to them and have a good working uh, partnership relationship, that's great. Um, you know, and we have that with some of our uh, sponsors. We had a good working relationship with them. Um, but definitely, definitely uh, appreciate you know what our sponsors, uh, the ones we have now and in the past, have done for us. Because, you know, without them, without the fans, you know, there is no PWA. So that's something, you know, you have to realize. So definitely, definitely like um, like to support the sponsors that we've had that have done for us here. All right, Antoine. I know we're going to wrap this up here pretty soon because we are starting to run out of time. But I have a few things I want to ask you just so we can get some more in-depth okay. for our fans. First of all, what would you say is your biggest regret? Ah, biggest regret my whole career. Are we talking like a professional career, a business career? Are we just talking, you know? Professional or business or even a combination of both. Just anything involving your whole wrestling life, per se. Uh, my biggest regret. Ooh. God, you got me in a tough one there. Here. <laughs> biggest regret. Um. I don't know. I would probably just say um, probably probably the uh, ending Candy Deluxe's career, you know, a little early. Um, you know, I could have done so much more with Candy Deluxe, but, you know, I, I kind of stopped. But I don't know if it's a huge regret, but, you know, if, if I were to say anything, yeah, that might be it. You know, just ending the career of Candy Deluxe a little early. All right. And proudest moment, what would you say that is? Proudest moment. Um, 
I would have to say probably probably spectacle of uh this year um you know it was great to see we packed Lanfair high school um you know we did it you know just just through the promotions we've had um the help we've had and you know just to know that six years um we've you know been doing this it made me really feel proud and i'll probably have a new proudest moment hopefully by year number seven so Okay, you guys have been around for over five years now. So the next question is, where would you like to see Pinfall Wrestling Association end up in the next five years? Oh, definitely. I would like to see Pinfall Wrestling Association uh, still strong, um, possibly even stronger than what we are now. Um, you know, we've, we've been running out of Lanford High School for a little while. Uh, who's to say we were not at the convention center in the next five years? You know, um, it it definitely could happen. Um, you know, who's to say we're not, you know, in another big city in the next five years? So, you know, those are opportunities that are out there. Um, you know, the opportunities we have uh, depends on how far we want to go. And I think, uh, you know, we have to reach for the sky and go all the way. So. Um, you know, if we don't get there, it's our own fault, but, um, we have a great team and I, I think we, we can, we can do anything we put our minds to for sure. All right. And for all those fans who are listening, are interested in checking out pinfall wrestling association for themselves, go ahead and tell them where they can see you guys next in the Springfield area. Well, our next show is going to be uh, July 9th, um, at the sliders ballpark, Robin Robert stadium, um, home of the Springfield sliders. It'll be Take Me Out to the Ball Brawl Game 3. Uh, this is one of my favorite shows. Uh, you know, I'm a huge baseball fan in wrestling, so you got to love it. If you're, baseball, if you're a baseball fan, you'll love it, but definitely stick around after the game because PWA will be there for Take Me to the Brawl Game 3, Saturday, July 9th. It, it's going to be awesome. Last year was awesome. I mean, we had the sliders. We had... Uh, speedy out there i mean it's it's an amazing event it's great well ladies and gentlemen you heard it right there take me out to the brawl game that's the next one i am looking forward to it as well i will definitely be there you should be there and antoine thank you so much for being our guest today it's been a blast and we look forward to seeing you at the next show which is take me out to the brawl game yes definitely don't want to miss it and thank you for the opportunity here priest well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Antoine Archie, the current president of Penfall Wrestling Association, our special guest. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did interviewing the man. It's been a pleasure, and we will see you again in two weeks. Thank you for listening to the Sleeper Hold podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at thesleeperhold.com, comment on episodes, read our blog, find information about our quarterly charity, and more. See you next week.